to Next Level Shit, where our host, Dave Warner, digs out the best of the best of our guests and discusses the things that put you on a quest to rise above the rest. He'll tease out their backgrounds, their motivations, their struggles, how they got to where they are today, and we'll have fun doing it. Don't forget to subscribe, give us a review, and tell your friends. Now, sit back, sip on a cold one, and enjoy the show. Next Level Shit. Hey, Lynn, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing real good. Hey, I uh, just uh, excited to get you on here. Uh, I was really excited. I, I got your uh, your book, and um, I, I tore through it. I got uh, about halfway done, and I had to set it down for a minute because there, there was a lot of things that, that kind of hit home and made me do a lot of thinking, and mm-hmm. uh, it was uh, pretty funny. I took and... Uh, recommended it to a friend of mine and she ordered it uh, and she read it and in about two hours she just hammered through it and she said does this lady like know my life <laughs> she hmm. said she had a lot of similarities to things in it so it's a it's a very good read um thanks for getting on with me today i really appreciate it hey thanks for having me on i appreciate you taking time to do this yeah and uh, i just want to kind of tell people a little background i had met you through uh kind of a little community of uh silver trading guys that I had known. And uh, one of my friends, Anthony, has uh, known your husband and uh, for quite some time. And uh, we did a little road trip and all kind of met up. And I had the chance to meet you and your family. And uh, you guys put us all up for a weekend. And you have some wonderful children. And your husband's awesome. Uh, Mm -hmm. you, You have a very awesome wife, very, very blessed, super polite kids. I mean, it was, it was awesome. I'm waking up and they're doing chores and running around and, uh, you, you could tell it wasn't just a show that they're, they're just really great kids. You guys are awesome parents. Oh, good. Well, thank you. appreciate that. It's always nice to hear. <laughs> <laughs> you always wonder. <laughs> you do. You do. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it was like, how are things for you during these current events and reading, you know, your book and the different energies and different things that, someone like yourself deals with how has this whole Corbin situation been for you? Um, I don't know. I, I think it's something that you take all the information in, but you know, it's like one thing will lead to the next. And the next thing, you know, you're worked up and you're full of fear. You have all this anxiety about what's going to be the next thing. Cause it's like everything that happens leads to another step. Right. Yep. And for me, at some point I kind of have to just back away and think, you know what, what is going to happen is going to happen. You be prepared, you educate yourself. Um, but you just, you can't live in this fear porn or you can't, you know what I mean? You you have to step away from it or it's going to make you crazy too. Yeah. Yep. I'm, I'm a very empathetic person and very connected to other people's energies and what's happening around me. And this thing is I've, I've ran away to the woods probably more this summer than I have in the past five years to just unplug, you know, shut off my phone and connect with nature and spend time with small groups of people. And, you know, I've really done well doing that, but then you come back and it's just a constant barragement of negativity and, Mm -hmm. you know, fear. And it's uh, yeah, it's no fun for anybody. And I think we're at a point 
in this whole situation where nobody wants to admit they were wrong and kind of turn around and say, we did, we handled this, you know, insanely by shutting down the economy. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. I completely yeah. agree. Yeah. So it was kind of neat in, in knowing your husband and kind of how, how he thinks about things and he's a process guy and very, very intelligent man. And, uh, how he was involved in in your journey here and, you know, him kind of, you know, wanting to know how things work and kind of pushing things along. So that was, that was really interesting to see the two different personalities. And, you know, I was just kind of wondering like, you know, what, what would have happened if you two would have met that night, you know, would you have, you know, kept going and done the things that you're doing? I think I would have probably stayed in my small hometown and, you know, suppressed it and tried to go on with the, typical life to be honest because it really took him pulling me out of my shell to be able to do it I was not comfortable in my skin for a really long time even still now I hesitate I am becoming more comfortable uh, but there's neighbors that don't even know what I do because I I still have this underlying thing of judgment which I'm working on but I'm also a believer too that I'm not trying to convince people that it works I'm not trying to sell anybody on my ideas it's more you know, if you believe it, great. Here's what my experience is. But I'm not trying to like convert people to my belief system or that, you know, change their way of thinking. That's that's one thing I really liked uh, when you were mentioning, you know, you weren't trying to convert anything that you're seeing or, you know, feeling about a person into something that would make them happy. It's not always good news, but here's the news. Here's what I saw. And then, you know, down the road, even, you know, a short time after you have people contact you with, hey, this is what that meant. This is, you know, and 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 I always end up turning out to be something came from something that you've seen. And they might not have necessarily want to hear it then, mm-hmm. but it was something they needed to hear. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's the hard thing, too, is sometimes you're dealing with stuff that is kind of difficult and I, I kind of make this promise that I don't change the message. I might be gentle about how I deliver it, but I still give them the truth. I don't, I don't tell them something just because they want to hear it. I tell them, you know, what I get, because obviously that's what they need to hear. Gotcha. So I, I thought another thing I found very interesting was the, the Prozac uh, hindering your abilities. I mean, for me personally, I've had ADD my whole life. My mom told me about the first ADD test. They had a specialist come in and they put something on the desk and I'm fidgeting with it. I'm fidgeting with it. And then I put, they put like a pencil on the desk and I'm tapping and fidgeting. And then they took all the stuff off the desk that I was messing with. And I put my feet underneath the book rest that was under the old style desk. And I was hopping the desk up and down and they're like, he's so bad even when there's nothing there for him to mess with. Um, he's finding something to mess with. And um, she never got me on anything like that. And for me, that's always kind of been my superpower in business to be able to grab 30 or 40 different things and not be overwhelmed and be able to handle things and walk in and, and step back, you know, and take a different perspective on a problem, be able to come up with a solution than a lot of other people. And I thought it was really interesting that it when you were on that, it really just kind of stopped all of that, right? It did. And at first I didn't even realize that it stopped because I was busy. I was a mom. I had young kids. I was, you know, sleep deprived and dealing with all that. And it was kind of one day I was 
talking with my husband. I'm like, you know, I haven't seen anything for a while. And I just had this epiphany that, hey, I wonder if this is dulling down my senses. And um, I, I realized that it it did have an impact on it, at least from my perspective and my experience it has. Maybe not everybody has that same thing, but for me it did. Yeah, yeah, I hear that quite a bit. I just had a gentleman on that uh, he was dealing with PTSD and he was on several things. And uh, he'd say, he said he just kind of became a zombie, just kind of, he wasn't depressed, he wasn't unhappy, he was just there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he um, had got off that and done some other things as well. So, um, yeah, it's kind of interesting to, to keep reading that same kind of outcome from those things. Yeah, I mean, I, I do believe hindsight looking back that we experience emotion and we experience these feelings for a reason and we go through this stuff in our life and a lot of times you know I have clients come to me and they tell me different situations that they're in and I think it serves a purpose to either redirect your life it's to make you do soul searching it's to make you change your path whatever it may be they serve a purpose so they're not all bad just because you're angry or upset that's not necessarily bad it just means you need to deal with something and then you have to let it go the challenge is when you can't let it go and that's what you have to work on so that's kind of my take on feelings and emotions and how and why we have them yeah i agree so what about, uh, do you follow any, like, uh, sometimes I get into, I follow a ton of different conspiracy theory things that I read up on and I go follow and I, I talk to my friends about them. I mean, do you follow anything like that or see anything like where you can kind of see where they're headed and then find that kind of stuff coming true? It's more like name your theory on my blog, the way my blog is set up people submit questions to me. So I get questions from all over the world, people wanting me to look at different situations, whether it's politically driven or health-wise or, I mean, you name it. They just want to know what is an intuitive perspective on it. And especially now with all the political upheaval that's going on and we have this virus that's going on, I mean, there's a lot of different theories out there. Um, So it's more like name your theory. I, I think I've heard most of them to tell you the truth so like well how does like a day-to-day operation so somebody wants to contact you for a a reading uh do they follow you on social media or how do they get a hold of you to be able to do things like that so i have a blog that i started several years ago and the way that it works is if you go to my website and it's psychicfocus.blogspot.com i have a tab on there where people can submit general interest questions and it's about you know celebrities it's about conspiracy theories it's history's mysteries it's you know the moon it's you name it they they send all kinds of questions to me through that tab on that site but if you want a personal reading i also have a tab dedicated on the site to where they can do a phone or an email reading with me And my contact info is on there and how, you know, payment methods, that type of thing. So really all my information can be found on my blog spot, psychicfocus.blogspot.com. So both general interests that are free always will be freer there. And then my personal readings are on there as well. Very cool. Do you do, 
I know I kind of overheard you chatting with one of the gentlemen on the weekend. I was down visiting you guys. And so do you do like an in-person type thing? I can do that for people that are local. I've found with this virus, it's been very challenging because of all the restrictions that are out there. But prior to all of this, yes. I mean, I was doing a lot more of that or even parties, which is kind of interesting. You know, you get a group of people together and they dedicate a bedroom to me or an office somewhere and people line up or sign up and I'll kind of do a little round robin type of stuff. So I mean, I definitely have flexibility in what I do. Uh, The virus, like I said, has kind of inhibited a lot of it. But the bulk of what I handle is through the phone and through email. Gotcha. So let's jump into your book a little bit here. Yes. I, I, like I said, I was sitting there, I I was reading uh, this and I got... You know, your, your, your best friend, uh, I'm reading that. And, you know, the, I had some similar uh, run-ins when I was a kid with my imaginary friend that I was hanging out with quite a bit. Um, most of the time, probably because I was in trouble and grounded and have to spend some time alone. So I, I thought I was coming up with uh, these friends. And um, I don't know, the hair on the back of my neck stood up a couple of times during reading your book. I mean, I was feeling what you were saying, like it, it was amazing. Um, so you, you had Emily mm-hmm. here, right? Yeah. And uh, her brother. Mm-hmm. And you overheard the, your mom talking to your grandmother about the, the whole situation. And that was your kind of your moment of realization that your mom's saying this is your imaginary friend. You thought this was someone that came over and hung out with you on a frequent basis? Absolutely. I mean, I was probably three or four years old when that was going on. And so to you, being a little kid, you're just playing. You're not really going through the analysis of, oh, did they arrive and who dropped them off and where's the car? Like, you don't go through that thought process. You're just there having fun, doing your own thing. You're you know, playing, you're a little kid. And then when you hear your mom talking to to your grandma and she's acting concerned and, you know, saying, you know, she's playing with, with her imaginary friend, you're smart enough to know what the word imaginary means. So it's very confusing. And you're thinking, what is going on? And I remember that. And I remember that day when that happened and she sat me down and I had to really think about why is she saying this? And it was a very, very big conflict in my mind, but it started me thinking about it. Um, but she still came over and played and we still had a, a gay old time. So um, it didn't stop her from coming over, but yes. And she had the, I think the point where I had had kind of put the book down and called it a day was uh, when you guys were doing research on your previous home to see if something had happened at that address or, you know, looking up some information to, to see what had happened. And then your notepad popped up and, and Emily had started typing to you uh, in your basement of your mm-hmm. new home. Right. Oh, I was terrified. Yeah. That's. <laughs> I was terrified. <laughs> I was terrified. Reading and it. <laughs> I still to this day keep asking my husband if that was a joke, because I just, I mean, that was a lot of things you try to dismiss a lot of things you play off. Oh, I imagined that. Or, Oh, I think I'm hearing things or, Oh, it's just in my mind. But when something that tangible happens, you can't you can't discount that. You can't say that didn't happen, especially when you have witnesses to the fact that it did happen. 
And the whole ironic thing of, you know, just just wanting to know why I kept having these sensations or who was following me or why. And then they write me this electronic note. It was uh, it was terrifying. It was I was very unsettled for a very long time after that. I was I was creeped out by the white woman, the the virgin of your husband standing in the doorway while he's sleeping behind you. Um, I was I uh, my daughter she uh, watches just a ton of shows and and mystery stuff and hauntings and so I'm pretty used to it. And like I said, I was kind of shocked when I was reading the book. I was like, I need to take a break for a minute here and. So I can't emo- imagine emotionally what that kind of those kind of things did to you, and it's it's super interesting to me that your husband was like, "Well, what was it? Let's analyze it. Let's dig deeper. Let's." For pushing. a long time, when I would see something, I wouldn't even tell him for a few days because I knew as soon as I did, he was going to go through his battery of questions, and I did not. I didn't want to have to answer him. Not only did I not want to answer him, but it seemed as though the more I talked about it and I validated it the more frequent things would happen. So it was very, I kept a lot to myself, but then it would make me go crazy too, because I felt like I didn't have anybody to talk to. And then when I did, I had to go down this whole line of questioning because he was completely fascinated and just wanted to make sense of it. I would have said, we're moving. I felt that way. So what really confused me was, (laughs) you know, I always had this idea in my mind, like poltergeist that, you know, it's the house that's haunted and you move to the house. But I knew growing up that I had things experienced in different homes, but I had never lived in a brand new home. His was a brand new home. So then I'm starting to question him, what was here before this house? And it was a bean field. And I'm thinking, okay, it was a bean field. So why am I getting this? And I think the most disturbing thing was a realization that it was me and whatever it was I was picking up on or was it was attached to me or following me. And I think that was probably the single most scariest thing, even more than the computer and all that. It was just realizing that no matter where I went, it was going to be me. And it was something I had to deal with. Yeah, that's like I said, I'm moving. I would have probably moved about 50 (laughs) times by now. Yeah, I thought that too, but I don't think that would have (laughs) worked. Yeah. So a little little teaser. I don't want to get too much into the book. Obviously, people are going to, want to probably pick it up and uh, check it out. Uh, you know, the the whole Ouija board thing, um, that one really blew my mind as well. I don't know if you can tell a little bit of that story. So uh, people got a kind of idea of what happened well, there. It was one of those things where, you know, kids at school, they talk and it was around Halloween time. And the big thing was doing Bloody Mary, where you go in the bathroom and close the door, you say your name three times, you know, mm-hmm. so we're all talking about this stuff. I was never going to participate in it, but I would listen to what other people said. And then I heard about, a Ouija board and you know there were movies on uh, TV for Halloween and they talked about it and I I was curious about it I was scared of it but then I also realized they were sold in the game aisle at the store so I thought well maybe this is just a joke you know and I kind of jokingly told my mom oh this is this is weird what is this is this even a thing and she's like yeah and she was telling me what it was and I thought oh man could we get one I wonder if it would really work it was just kind of being, I guess, open-minded to trying it. So we dropped the subject and didn't hear anything more about it. Then for Christmas, we got one and opened it or, you know, got a package, opened it and a Ouija board was in it. And I thought, oh, wow. But I was scared to open it out of the 
the plastic. So it sat in my closet for months and I was cleaning my closet out. My brother's the one that actually found it still new in the wrapper. Well, his friend was over at the time and he wanted to get it out and play with it, but I was still kind of scared of it. And they ended up taking it outside, opening it up. And it was really kind of frightening the things that came through and to the point where we tried to get rid of the board. And every time I threw it in the trash, it would reemerge not in the trash. I didn't know if someone was playing a joke on me or what, but my brother and I, we were legit terrified. We ended up taking the thing out in a cornfield and burning it. So it would quit reappearing back in our house. I mean, it was, it was a pretty brutal, I'd say two months trying to get rid of this thing. I was going to say, I would be absolutely freaked out. How um, old were you at that time? I was, I think it was in seventh grade. So probably 13, 14 years old. Oh my God. Yeah. Super crazy. So, uh, are you on like uh, any social media, YouTube? I mean, where? Can sure, I I actually have uh, quite a few platforms because with censorship, that's a real animal out there. You have to diversify, yes. right? So, are you, yeah? Are you dealing oh with quite goodness, a bit of that already, too? And uh, yeah, I've already banning. had one YouTube shut down, so I've had to rebuild. Uh, I talked about some activity out in Hollywood that wasn't too favorable and no strikes, no anything. It was just an immediate nothing. Well, and you can't appeal oh, really? because you can't talk to a real person. So you send, you know what I mean? You, you click no, the ab appeal said, yeah. and there's no person, there's no phone number. They just, Hey, sorry about your luck. So I learned then. So what were you saying about uh, Hollywood? Well, I don't know. I don't want to get your channel shut down, but. Oh, I, uh, well, I basically <laughs> I was talking about all the pedophilia out there. And I think I mentioned Hollywood yep. and I used the word pedophile. And the thing of it is too, is I even thought I was art outsmarting them because I would misspell words. So their algorithms wouldn't catch it, but apparently they were a little smarter yeah. than I was at the time. So lesson to be. The, the funny thing about that, that subject is you can, you can be pro for it and you can hide stuff and, post all kinds of weird stuff in favor of it. I've seen that even on Instagram, like, uh, what was it? Uh, love is love, no matter the age and all these things that are getting shared. And, you know, friends and I will go like literally try to get them pages taken down and they don't take them down. But if someone like you comes out speaking the truth, it automatically gets banned with nothing, no, reper no be, you know, recourse, no ability to yeah, get so your I've learned back. You really have to, watch your language. But then the downside of that is people can't always find you. So, you know, there's two, two sides of that. I also learned too, where does it wise always keep your source material because I was lazy and I used to just upload straight to YouTube. And when they shut me down, I lost a bunch of videos. So little, little FYI. Oh, wow. So I, I learned from there. I always keep my source material in case I need to re-upload somewhere else. But yeah. Gotcha. So you have yes, a YouTube I do channel have a YouTube again? Channel and I can be found uh, if you go in there and search Psychic Focus Lynn. You can find me on YouTube. I have my blog, which is my baby, and that's psychicfocus.blogspot.com. I'm on Twitter at Psychic Focus. I'm on Facebook. If you go to Facebook forward slash Psychic Focus, and uh, those are my main ones that I'm on. I'm also on Twitter at Psychic Focus. And BitChute and Brighteon, if you go there and just search Psychic Focus, you can find me. And then, of course, my Patreon. Um, I have some pretty loyal people out there, and I've built a nice little following on Patreon. So if you just go to Patreon forward slash Psychic Focus, you can find me there. And I post at least two videos a week and videos for people. 
I've also been playing around with parlor and locals. Those are newer platforms. So like I mm-hmm. said, you just, you have to diversify in this world of censorship. It's, yeah. it's really tough out there for people. I, I tried the, the parlor and I tried, I think it was MeWe or something mm-hmm. like that that came out a while ago. And I started doing some reading on that and it was literally geared towards like mm-hmm. firearms enthusiasts and all these other people. And then I read who owned the company was a Saudi owned company. And I'm like, okay, so I really don't want my information out there. Hey, I'm so-and-so at this address with these guns and I get paranoid. So I ended up shutting that one mm-hmm. down. I tried parlor and yeah, the navi- the navigation on it's a little bit different. I like the no mm-hmm. censorship. That's really nice um, to be able to say what I want. Nobody hinders it. Uh, it's just the, the ability to migrate everybody from these censored platforms to something else. There's got to be one that just comes out like everybody jumps on, but it just doesn't happen. It seems some trickle here, some trickle there. So yeah, you're right. You got to have, you know, 10 different platforms. Yeah. I recently started playing with this one called locals. It's a little squirrely too, but um, I'm like you, I wish a couple just great ones would emerge that everybody flocked to but the thing of it is, is they've got you because they put these apps in the phones and they put them on TV where people can just go in. They don't make it user friendly. I was trying to watch uh, a video that was released that they had banned off YouTube. And, you know, I'm trying to watch it on BitChute and you have to go in and, and try to navigate and find it. It's just they make it difficult. But I'm like, I'm very hopeful that something's going to catch on because sometimes I feel like I have a part time job of just checking all my social media and trying to get it all uploaded. And part of it is just to preserve my content. You know, if one thing goes down, I want people to be able to find me. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, you know, if you speak out anything that's that's truth right now, it's it's super hard. I know uh, I've had a lot of posts pulled down that that I didn't think were anything really crazy it was just questioning different things and i'd pop it up and all of a sudden i'm like well that was gone mm-hmm. that was fast you know and no, no questions no nothing i had a friend of mine who's uh she'll be on the podcast in the next couple of weeks um she's big into you know the whole mask thing and talking about why it's worse for you and your health perspective and i mean she had hundreds of thousands of followers her channel just got pulled down uh, my friends over at uh, Tactical Shit, I think they had about 1.2 mm. million followers. Um, their their business page got zapped. Their uh, Instagram page got zapped. And their entire staff uh, all yeah, lost it's all horrible. their accounts. It really is. And with uh, this corona thing that's out there, I've started, anytime I talk about it, I call it the beer bug. Because if you say even the word, they will go in and demonetize you or they'll flag you. I mean, you just have to be so careful about how you present it. I know I did a post on when Trump got it in Melania and, you know, how I thought that it was intentionally set up that he was going to get it. But he realized what was happening. He kind of beat him to it and he had to play the game like he had it, but he didn't really have it. I mean, I did a whole reading on this. And of course, they demonetized you just because you say Trump like that's what we're dealing with out there they censor everything and it's just wrong I think people should be able to hear everything and then decide for themselves what resonates as truth or not because I think we all internally know what's what's right or what's wrong or when you're being manipulated I think we feel it and we know it so let people decide that rather than tell us how we have to feel but they're scared we're gonna 
know the truth, I think is the problem. And they want to just shove it down our throats. It's what did they say? If you say it enough times, it makes it true. At least that's what their motto seems to be when that's not really the reality. It's very, it's very tough when all of Silicon Valley and all the big tech companies and all that all have the same agenda and you just get pushed and pushed. I mean, you got to, you know, use DuckDuckGo and these other platforms mm-hmm. to look things up. Um, I know like I'm big, like we just had an incident with our governor here and um, supposedly the same couple days right after they announced that she had basically got everything that she had wrote overthrown oh. by our Supreme Court, that all of her edicts, everything she's been doing, all that stuff got thrown out the window. She said, oh, no, now you got to wait 28 days. They came back and said, we don't have to wait shit. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're good. So basically, she went to being like the most unpopular. Everybody hated her in the state to, I think it was the following Monday, um, they ended up saying that uh, there was an <laughs> attempted kidnap uh, for her. And I'm like, so now, mm-hmm. now she's a victim, right? Now everybody's feeling sorry for her. And so I started reading a little bit more. And the guy that headed this up, supposedly, in my mind, is a complete patsy. He's a homeless guy that was living in a vacuum shop off 36 and Division that's been there, I don't know, <laughs> before I was born. I just always remember being there. And uh, then I read more into uh, the plan that these guys came up with was 200 people were going to rush the Capitol and arrest her. And I'm like, so that is not a militia style plan to trust 200 people with a secret and something they're going to try to execute. I just, I, all that kind of stuff. That's why I asked you about the conspiracy stuff. Cause as soon as it popped up, I'm like, this lady just turned herself into a victim overnight with this crazy outlandish story. That yeah. I don't, I don't buy, buy it either. And she's probably, I mean, when I, I know who you're talking about. When I think about her, I think she's just trying to keep herself in the media and in the good graces of all these socialist Democrats in hopes that, you know, Biden does win and maybe she'll find herself some fancy seat in government somewhere. I mean, I feel like because she's really been pretty outspoken and a little over the top with some of her, I guess, protocols and some of the stuff she's implemented. And uh, there's an alternative. A little. I'm living. Yeah, I'm living it's, through it. Uh, it's the worst. It's unreal. I mean, you can <laughs> definitely tell when you break down governors who's leaning more to the liberal side versus who's conservative. For sure, you can just tell by the states and what's going on in that state. I mean, if you just look at what's going on in the state, you can tell what the leadership is. Yeah, when I went down to see you guys, I mean, it was a few months ago. We were still on extreme lockdown. We we still have, I, I don't know, like some businesses have just like whatever, and some people just don't care now. But, uh, you know, the restaurant industry is still super weird, you know, like 50% capacity. Uh, I mean, in restaurants margins, I mean, they're, they're not able to operate at that. I mean, it's, it's, it's absurd. And, you know, still the mask, you got to wear a mask to walk into a restaurant. But once you sit down, the virus yeah. don't go that low. So you can take your mask off and you can eat with your mask off. And then you got to mm-hmm. put it back on to go back out and um, now, now the studies are saying that the, all the people that have had it are the people that are wearing the masks. And I'm like, you know, the, the first thing that popped in my head when they wanted us all to stay home was the vitamin D deficiency. I'm like, that's like 96% of people, uh, that got it had a vitamin D deficiency. And it's like, we're locked mm-hmm. up in our homes for a month up here, 
You know, we sat inside. Nobody got vitamin D. Nobody went outside. And I, I don't know about by you, but nobody up here talked about any nutrition, building your immune system, anything like that. Mm-hmm. All they'd say is you have to look at alternative news sources to get anything <laughs> so. about nutrition and things that impact it and things that you can do to actually like support your immune system. And, you know, in the reading that I did, I, my protocol, if I start feeling crappy is I start jamming on zinc and vitamin C and I do that for the kids too. And I keep it here in case we get sick because zinc, it helps to, you know, prevent viral replication. So if you get a virus in your body, you know, I'm not claiming to be a doctor. I'm just do your own research. I'm saying, you know, no. if nope. you go no, and seek it out, yep. you can find it, but and they won't you're, tell you you're, because you're, it's they want you to take their thousands of dollars pills and be in the hospital. I mean, there's such a big pharma agenda behind it. There's a Bill Gates thing behind it. I mean, this is so big. There's like multi layers to this agenda that they have in force right now. What will be really interesting is after the election, how relevant half these things are. So, Yeah, I... I always think, like I, I tell people, I said, my, my hopes is that it just ends. Like, hey, we made a mistake. Everybody go back to work. Let's open this thing back up. Um, you know, I'm reading, you know, over in China right now that their automotive industry this year, uh, September versus last year, September, uh, they're up actually 8% year to year. So they're back open. If you go over there, you quarantine for 14 days if you're from mm-hmm. out of country. And then you're fine. Uh, you're allowed to walk around. Like they have more freedoms once you go through a quarantine to walk around, to go to restaurants wow. and do everything than we do here. Wow. Right now. I mean, I think after this election, I think November is still going to be rough. You know, we have this election November 3rd. And regardless of who wins, if Trump oh, yeah. wins, the socialists are not going to take it. And I think they're going to try to burn it down. They're going to fight. They're going to, you know, it's going to be tied up in yep. some sort of core, you know, all that kind of stuff for probably a month. And if Biden gets it, I don't see the conservatives taking it either because, you know, they took Obama and they were pretty like, didn't love it, but dealt with it. This is just so ridiculous over the top. And with, you know, the fraud they're trying to commit, then you put this other stuff in there. I just, either way, no matter who wins, it's going to probably be hell for the rest of 2020 until they sort it out. And that's why the Supreme Court judge is so important right now and why Trump needs to get this seat filled because if not, they're already saying that, you know, if, if Trump loses and he doesn't peacefully give over power, that it's going to end up in the Supreme court. Well, they don't want to pact with people from their side. So they need to get a conservative in there that can actually look at the constitution and break it down and, and really, you know, do what's right. Yeah, I always tell people, I think from November to January is going to be the worst oh, time absolutely. to live in a large city in the United States. I think I think with the mail-in ballots, they're already mm-hmm. prepping you to not know who won for a month. Yep. So they're probably both going to claim victory, yep. right? They're both going to have a party, and it's going to take a month to sort all this out. i got guys that I work with. Um, one guy, he's been married for four years, I think. And his wife got her ballot sent to her parents' house and their house that they're married at. So she got two. Uh, I know another gentleman, uh, his wife's gotten four. Um, so I'm like, if they can't keep out what they've sent, how are they going to keep track of what's sent in and what's getting voted on? Um, yeah. So 
and I've seen several articles on, you know, mail trucks dumped a bunch of them in California, mm-hmm. Massachusetts or Maine. Uh, they're finding, you know, bins of mail-in ballots. Uh, those ones for were from the military, overseas voters. Um, so, yeah, I think it's going to get mm-hmm. real weird for a real long time. I've watched uh, ammo go from, you know, 13 cents for nine millimeter. I'm seeing it go for like 75 cents around right now. Um, so people are definitely yeah, stacking same up experience and it's, it's here where we're weird. at. I know the last time my husband went out trying to find ammo and things like that, he, uh, I think they limited you to maybe 20 rounds or it was something just really crazy. I mean, you couldn't hardly. You probably got to sell your first kid to buy yeah, more than 20 uh, rounds. It's really too. bad. It's I mean, if you haven't been preparing, then <laughs> I bless you because I, I just don't even know it's between food and, you know, what's going on with the food. I think they're, I think that they're going to have some last ditch effort where they're probably going to either taint food, create a food store, you know, shortage. I was just watching a YouTube yesterday with my husband and they were putting metal in crops and it was messing up some of the farm machinery. And the goal was really to keep like to hurt the cows and the livestock. So hurting the machinery didn't really benefit their cost. So they took it a step further and started putting aluminum in the crops because it's soft enough metal. It would shred it up and the cows would eat it. And then it was hurting the cows and then they're burning silos down. So they're trying to create a food shortage too. And so there's some ominous stuff really happening. And I think we're just at the tip of it. I think it's going to get a lot worse in 2020. Yeah, I agree. I, I work at a shop in what was it right before this started. Mm. I just happened to buy like a half a cow and threw it in the freezer. And then I'd bring it down like, you know, once in a while we'd grill out or whatever. And then it got to a point where like beef Mm -hmm. around here was just like gone all of a sudden. So I just started throwing it in the freezer downstairs and just right on the board for anybody to take it home. And I reserved another whole cow. Um, and then I'd load it up another freezer. So, I mean, we just keep kind of making sure we got stuff. And the guys used to laugh at me and think I was paranoid. And yeah. Like, I, we, we thank did you the for same your thing. paranoia. We got a cow <laughs> stuck in the freezer and it, it got to where at when this virus was kind of in full swing during the summer, they limited here how much meat you could buy. And we're a family of six. So when yep. you're going to the store and they let you get two packs of chicken, I mean, that's crazy. So as soon as they lifted that, we've always kind of stockpiled anyway. I I can meet, you know, I learned how to do that a long time ago. So every opportunity I had, I would just snatch it up. And I can't even tell you how many pounds of stuff I've canned just because one, if the electric goes out, canned stuff is still good. But two, you want a protein source if they start tanning it and doing weird stuff to it. Yeah, I... That always boggled my mind, like when everybody was talking about New York and how bad it was. I said, well, you got to think about this. I said, so say an average family of four that live in New York, that have to take public transit to go to the grocery store. And then they put a limit of, you know, one gallon of milk and one dozen eggs. And like you said, two packs of chicken like that lasts you like mm-hmm. two days. And then you got to get back on the public transit. You got to go to the store. You got to do the Like so every other day mm-hmm. you're running back out to the store through around thousands of people dealing with all this stuff. And, and I think a lot of that stuff in my mind was by design. I mean, like, okay, now, now our, our numbers are going to go through the roof because we have everybody having to go to the 
store 10, yeah it's all times, about you know. uh, spreading fear getting the fear out there i mean you can do a lot to people when you get them scared and that's just really the underlying vibe that's happening right now yep yep like i said that's why i've been running away hanging out in the woods recharging in a normal year, I, I probably wouldn't even have made it down to meet you. So I'm kind of glad that this happened because, like I said, I really enjoy talking to your husband. We uh, chit-chat quite a bit. And, uh, yeah, it was really nice to meet you and your family. And you guys are outside and active, too. I mean, you guys, uh, when I was down there and we were doing some hiking, I uh, found several different varieties of mushrooms you guys had on your property. And your husband said, hey, man, you know, how do you know all that? And I set him down the Autobahn book for mushroom identification. I ordered that for you guys. And I think it was the next week he sent me like 13 different pictures, uh, different, you know, fungis you found on your property. And it was really, really cool. He just, bam, yeah, that was like the awesome. Week, and thanks for doing that, got the book too, because yet. I always you told know, him, I started really getting into, I wanted to know what we had as far as medicinal plants and edible plants and things like that, because I do believe in that. I, I'm someone that's, he kind of call he calls me an earth muffin. And so if there's a natural way to heal or to, you know, mitigate <laughs> an issue you're having, I prefer to go the natural route. Now there is a time and a place for medicine. If I ended up with a hellish sinus infection, of course I'm going to the doctor, but if I can feel it coming on and I can fight it off, then I'm going to try. So I've been really curious about different types of vegetation we had on the property. So I appreciated you sending that book because we did. We went out and we found a ton of stuff. That was that was really nice of you to send that to us. Yeah, it's, yeah I guess I, I really appreciate you guys having me down. Yeah, for sure. I look forward yeah. to connecting again. Awesome. So it is on, on your Amazon. Book, so if you go to Amazon available? and you type in my name, Lynn White, and then type of the title of the book, Psychic Focus Journey. You can find it on Amazon. So Lynn White, Psychic Focus Journey. Yep. And as always, Amazon does a phenomenal job. I got mine, I think, the next day. Uh, my friend that I was talking to when I was reading mine, uh, one of my buddy's wife, she got hers the next day. Um, so, yeah, lightning fast shipping. It's in stock at multiple locations. So, uh, we got it really, really quickly. So if you want to get it, get your hands on that. You jump awesome. on Amazon. And also, and too, something I was up, offering really people. If you it. go to my blog, I, I, you can order a signed autograph one, and I'll just ship it to you from my house. So if you want an author edition, just reach out to me that way. You can find me on my blog or just send me an email. My email is yourpsychicfocus at gmail.com, and I will hook you up. Beautiful. Okay, I'm going to bring mine down and have it do signed next time I come down. Awesome. Well, beautiful. I really appreciate your time again. And uh, yeah, I'll let you get back to whatever you're doing. That sounds great. Doing. Thanks so much and, for having me uh, on here. It was we'll great talking again to you. We'll connect again soon. I will. You take care. You too. Tell everybody I said hi. Next level. Next level. Next level shit. Next level shit. Next level. Next Level Shit is brought to you by Next Level Armament. We hope you enjoyed the show and please tell your friends, give us a review and subscribe to iTunes, Spotify, Ringer, Dinger, you know, where you're listening to the show. Thanks for being with us today. Look for us uh, every couple of weeks. Peace out.
Next Level Shit. Next Level Shit.